Thanks for joining the Joshua Nation's Inheritance Podcast, where we discuss God, the Bible, and God's purpose for your life. Be inspired and encouraged to engage in transforming the world around you. here. I love to have opportunity to share, to uh, testify, to proclaim, to teach, whatever phrase you want to use. Um, I, I just consider it an honor to be uh, a humble servant of the Lord, to be able to declare the goodness of God, and to be able to uh, do so as one who, who uh, because of what Christ has done on the cross, is able to stand before the Father and, and to, uh, to simply gaze upon the goodness of God. And so I am hoping by the grace of God that as you are uh, listening to the sound of my voice, that the Holy Spirit will cause your heart to yearn more, to, to gaze upon what Paul refers to in Second. Uh, Corinthians uh, chapter 4, verse 6, where he talks about, uh, you know, simply gazing upon the face of Christ. And so that is my desire that each and every one of us would, at the end of this time together, just have a greater uh, hunger and thirst for righteousness in the face of Christ, to be able to simply gaze upon him. And so, uh, so I'm just trusting the Holy Spirit to bring together my message here. You know, it's funny. Sometimes it just seems like sometimes circumstances uh, are, are at odds with what is about to happen. And so, you know, I went to bed last night and uh, fell asleep and suddenly woke up after maybe 30 minutes. Could not fall back asleep. It was one of those restless nights. And I'm the kind of guy that, I, I go to sleep and I sleep all through the night. I don't have anything, nothing distracting me. Uh, and so I, I had a rough night. So if, if I'm looking rough, um, we, can, we can blame it on the lack of beauty sleep. And so, um, but I'm just, regardless of whether I'm going on uh, two hours of sleep or, uh, or a, a full night of eight hours of sleep, man, I am honored and I am ready to preach the gospel in season and out of season. And so uh, so I am just uh, thrilled here to be with you today. And normally I would have my uh, my notes on my um, on my computer so that I can uh, just kind of read it in front of me, but uh, I, I don't really have my notes. Uh, I've been trying on an extended fast, and part of that fast, I thought the Lord told me to do was to uh, try to fast uh, my computer and smartphone, which has been more challenging, surprisingly, than fasting food. And so, uh, I, I didn't realize how much of a uh, of a grip that that uh, my propensity to rely on my smartphone and my uh, computer had. Within and so it was interesting. I um, uh, I called for a uh, eleven day fast with a group of uh, pastors and leaders across the nation, a small group of us, and uh, 
And then one of the pastors on the first day, we have a little private group that we're chatting on, mentioned um, that uh, she was addicted to her phone. And I thought, that's interesting. And then really thinking thing of it, and it was almost like the Holy Spirit used her words to uh, begin to uh, uh, shine a spotlight in my own heart. And so the last uh, 10 days, I've just been keenly aware of the Lord putting his finger on that place in my own heart. And so he has a way of doing that, I believe, in each one of us. And I'll touch base on that here uh, even today as we go through this message together. But I just want to take you guys uh, to a verse that you're well familiar with and, and a verse that has probably been one of the hallmarks in my own journey with Christ in terms of uh, what the Lord has done in my life and, and, and deep within the very crevices of my own soul. And so I want to... Uh, to land on just simply one verse, and we're going to unpack that verse here today. Uh, Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. And so we, we begin with uh, Paul here writing to the church of Philippi. And obviously, as you know, uh, and as Paul is writing this epistle, he is literally... Uh, uh, locked up, chained up. I believe it was uh, a book I read years and years ago. I uh, can't remember which specific title it was, uh, but by Rick Renner. And, uh, and obviously he's, uh, he's, he also has a couple great books, uh, Gems, uh, the title Gems that, uh, that expound on specific verses and breaks down the Greek. And so in this book I read about two decades ago, it, uh, he, he talked about, this very passage and, um, and, and how Paul was literally in the dungeon as he's writing this book. And it was, it was very likely, and this was what stuck with me all these years later, that as he's writing this passage, you know, this epistle, that he's literally probably sitting in, uh, or his feet are probably in raw sewage. And so yet he's writing this book and, uh, you know, you, you, well, Look, flip over to you know Philippians 4 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And I say it again, rejoice. So here Paul <laughs> sitting in sewage, he's locked up, he's chained because of the gospel. But yet he's in his own heart, he is rejoicing in the Lord. And then that, you know, good on you know the famous uh Philippians 4 13, uh you know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. Well, obviously, you know, that doesn't mean, you know, you and I know, we're, we're, we've heard this before, but, you know, it doesn't mean you can do anything. It simply means that Paul was content. You look in the context of Philippians 4, we're talking about being content, whether you're in, in much need or whether you're in surplus or whatever situation and circumstance you find yourself in, you can be content in Christ. And so that is... Uh, the posture of his heart as a man who is uh, sitting literally in raw sewage. Now, I have a, uh, uh, what's the word I want to find here? Um, you know, I have a disability. I'm, I'm legally blind and hearing impaired. And so I, when I go places, I need help 
you know, I use someone's shoulder to get around because I can't see. I bump into people and things. And then I'm, you know, I have trouble hearing. So, you know, those two things combined together uh, pose quite a challenge. But the good thing is I can smell pretty good. And, uh, and I can tell you this, I do not want to be in a place of raw sewage. Oh, my goodness. That caused me to, uh, 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 why did I get off on these little tangents sometimes? I'm sorry, guys. We are uh, desiring to, to, uh, to be like Paul, where in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10, the very first word that he writes uh, is, I want to know Christ. Let's look at, let's read that entire verse first, and then I'll expound on it. So I'm reading from the ESV in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and that and may share in the sufferings becoming like him in his death. Oh, man. I wish I, I, I pulled up some other different translations as well. Just to, there, There's just certain translations that seem to unpack that particular verse slightly better, but that will do us for now. But the very first part of that verse, Paul says, I want to know Christ. And, and I believe that's the very heartbeat of what uh, the, each person here. Uh, listening to the sound of my voice, that you possess that heart. And yet I believe by the Spirit of God, he wants to cause even the desire, the intensity of that desire to be uh, quickened and intensified and uh, increased by the grace of God. And that's the part of what this call is, to know him and, and to, uh, to gaze upon him. And so I believe that God wants to, uh, to extend an invitation to you and I, even regardless of, you know, if you have 30 years of ministry experience under your belt, the Father wants you to have this pulsating desire, this, this, this authentic burning of the heart to know Christ above all else. Because if there's that burning of the heart to pursue his face day in, day out, and to have that deepening of that intimacy with him, brothers and sisters, I'm telling you, uh, burnout will not be a word in your vocabulary as it pertains to your ministry unto the Lord and to those whom he's called you to reach. And so that's why it's essential for you and I, regardless of how many, uh, how long you've been uh, in the ministry, how long you've been on the front line, how long you've been uh, laboring for the gospel, um, you and I need to cultivate day in, day out, that deep intimacy with the Lord and seeking after him and just enjoying the Father and being able to gaze upon the goodness of the Father. And so I love Paul's words here. I want to know him. I want to know Christ. And there is an invitation from the very heart of God that is uh, that, that never has an expiration date on it. And so sometimes you'll get an, an invitation in the mail for a party, and that party has a specific date in mind. 
And so with this invitation from the Father, I can uh, assure you that there is no expiration on that uh, invitation. That invitation is open-ended to this deep intimacy with Christ, to know the very heart of God in the face of Christ. And so I want to ask uh, you today, where, no, no, I want, I want to ask you this question. Are you pursuing Christ with your whole heart? Ask the question right now. You need to answer before him. Are you pursuing the face of Christ with your whole heart? That's the question that the Father wants to present before you. And so as we continue here in Philippians 3.10, that I want to know Christ, and Paul goes on to talk about, I want to, I want to know him and the power of his resurrection and may share in the fellowship of his suffering, becoming like him in his death. And so I want to talk about the resurrection. Um, you know, when I was uh, a young man of 21 years old, I was, uh, I remember this would have been uh, back in 1996. I was invited as, uh, as a finishing up my last year of college at Bridgewater College. I was invited to something called the Harvest Institute which was gonna be training these campus pastors, these uh, campus ministry leaders from across the nation uh, in the Southern part of Virginia. And it was gonna have 10 days of awesome teaching and impartation uh, from these various speakers. There were, um, I think the, the one name you would recognize from that time would have been uh, Winky Prattney and, and, and a handful of others that were uh, part of this was called Campus Harvest. And so, uh, so I was uh, so excited. I was still relatively a new believer in the Lord, having uh, met Christ in college as a football player. And so I was uh, just extremely excited. And I remember uh, those 10 days were absolutely life-changing. And, and I remember one moment, though, it was interesting. Uh, there were many moments to, that were uh, notable and memorable. But there's one moment I want to share with you guys. And that was uh, we were all outdoor during a, a little leisure time. And we were on this outdoor volleyball court playing a game of uh, volleyball. And so for some reason, I remember there were, there were two, uh, two guys there as, as we were playing this game. I remember I... I it just stood out to me distinctly. They were roughly about 30 years old. I remember in my mind thinking, you know, when I'm, by the time I'm 30, I'm going to uh, have planted a church, uh, a thriving church. I'm going to uh, have, you know, this itinerant uh, ministry traveling throughout the world. And, uh, <laughs> and so I, I'm almost a, embarrassed when I when I say these things now and share but uh I just remember just as a, as a young zealous ambitious man 
that I, uh, I had lots of uh, aspiration in my heart. And, uh, and I was quite the visionary <laughs> at that age. And, uh, and so I, 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 I just, for some reason, just that moment, just very distinct to me. It's almost like a, uh, just one of those moments that stands out in my mind for some reason as I was having this little internal dialogue in my mind. And so, uh, so needless to say, uh, I, I was certainly very, very far off <laughs> by the time I hit the age of 30 uh, in terms of what I, where I thought I would be a decade earlier. And so uh, the, uh, but, I, but I think that was designed by the Lord because oftentimes we are, you know, when we're in our younger years, we're thinking the fast track. What's the fast track to the most success I can possibly have in the next uh, 10 years? Uh, you know, how can I get there as fast as possible? And that's not always necessarily the way of the Lord. That's not necessarily the plans that are in the Father's heart for our lives. And so sometimes we... Uh, we, we, we don't realize that the Father has actually put us on the scenic route, which uh, oftentimes means it is not the fastest uh, point or not the fastest route from point A to B. If you want to do the scenic route, usually that means you got to get off the, the main uh, beaten path and kind of take a little detour, but the, uh, uh, the sites nonetheless are meant to be enjoyed and savored along the way. And so I think there, there's something to be said of that uh, in terms of what the Father desires for us uh, to recognize where there is ambition in our hearts that has not been addressed by the Lord. And so, so in this process, uh, as I was, uh, I remember... Um, when I was uh, actually 30 years old, I, I, uh, my wife surprised me with a birthday party. We had our normal weekly small group meeting that particular day, and they showed up, but then there were a handful of others that showed up as well. And so there was a nice little surprise birthday party. Now, for years, I had envisioned in my heart that when I turned 30, that, again, I would be at this specific point in my life, in my ministry. And I thought that there would just be this, this verifiable fruitfulness that would be exhibited. But yet that was uh, uh, in 2004 uh, lacking. And so, so... What then happened in those 10 years? Obviously, I, I spent uh, five years doing uh, campus ministry, working with college students, which were, uh, you know, absolutely wonderful years. And, and I, I just love that age demographic. And my heart is just tender towards uh, young people. And, and I had the opportunity to uh, go to Dallas, Texas, to Christ for the Nations, and to, uh, uh, to be in a class class. Uh, 
I finally did the, my first semester there. I was sitting in a class and it was the, uh, it was called the priestly role of intercessor taught by none other than Jason's own father, uh, Henry Holland. And so that very class, I was sitting up front, I'm taking notes and I'm just my full attention on the teacher. And somebody in the back asked a question. I turned around and looked and I saw this uh, beautiful blue eyed girl smile at me. And, uh, and my heart went, da, 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 da. and so uh, I even looked back to make sure with me that she was looking at and that's potentially someone else next to me. But I jokingly share how the next few days in that class, whenever somebody asked a question, I would just kind of turn around to see if I could see her making eye contact with me. But, uh, but she said she doesn't remember any of that. But I said, I do because my heart skipped a beat in that moment. And so... So that was uh, Jason's father's class. And then a few days later, I finally got to meet, a week later, finally got to meet her. And as they say, the rest is history. And so, so those 10 years, um, so, that, that, so after CF and I in Dallas, Texas, we went to Southern California. We continued doing campus ministry, but we were also at Fuller Theological Seminary in the School of World Missions, sitting under uh, renowned professors like Charles Kraft and Peter Wagner. And uh, then we spent uh, six months in Hobden, Mexico doing an internship. And so in the midst of all of that, there was uh, the father in his mercy kindly exposed cracks that were in my foundation. And so without one, the details of all that, that's another message for another time. Uh, I was in a place of desperation before the Lord. And I was in a place where I knew I had to address these uh, undealt roots and issues that were underneath the surface lurking. And so even when my wife and I moved to Virginia and we, uh, we were in the pastor's office just uh just shortly before my uh, 30th birthday, 2004, the, uh, the pastor wisely said, Brian, no more ministry for you until you get your life in order and your house in order before the Lord. And so that was the state of my uh, life as I... Uh, embarked on this age 30 and seemed like everything that I, everything that where I thought I would be at 30 uh, was as far away as it could be. And so I had to grapple with that reality. And so oftentimes the fast route is not necessarily God's route in terms of what he has for us. And so then the next 10 years, uh, let's go from 30 to 40, because I'm, I'm tying this into this uh, passage that we're talking about. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection becoming like him, uh, or I want and sharing the fellowship of his suffering, becoming like him in his death. And, I, and I'm tying this into uh, all of this here. And we're going to unpack it here uh, in the next uh, 10 minutes so we can have Q&A. And so, um, so 
in this process. Uh, so fast forward another 10 years. By God's mercy, I dealt with the roots that were had lingered in my heart unseen for all those years. Uh, roots of lust, roots of anger, roots of, roots of selfishness. And by God's mercy, we're able to take a hold of that and yank those things out by God's grace. And so uh, I was given permission by Pastor in 2006 to, Brian, whatever God puts in front of you, you may pursue it. You have passed that past. And so uh, I was absolutely overwhelmed with gratitude unto the Lord because the previous few years that I had walked out of uh, three and a half to be specific, uh, I did not think at times I would make it. I, there, was, uh, there were times I thought, man, I have screwed up my life. And yet, by God's grace, I held on. There were specific promises in the scriptures I held on. I pressed in by the grace of God and contended for breakthrough. And so, uh, so then we begin to see uh, this upswing. It's almost like in my mind, I'm thinking, man, praise God. I've dealt with this root in my heart. Now we can uh, plow full ahead. We can get back on the fast track. Come on, let's go. I'm ready. Let's uh, change the world. And so, uh, and so God, uh, I, I was at that time uh, bivocational. I uh, finished my master's at Regent University in organizational leadership. And so had landed an amazing contract uh, with a firm in the Department of Defense industry on Northern Virginia, right outside DC, and was uh, creating a leadership training seminar for system engineers. And so it was a great experience working in the marketplace and I'm very, very thankful for that experience. And so, but, uh, but my heart was uh, just stirred to proclaim, preach the gospel as well, to proclaim Christ. And so I was able to do some bivocational things and, and some ministry things on the side. And, uh, and God opened that door 2008 for me to travel a bit and just start kind of getting my feet wet back in that uh, circuit. And, uh, and in 2009, and, uh, and it was almost like in 2009, um, the Lord shut the door. And there was nothing uh, that I could pinpoint necessarily that seemed to uh, suggest any reasons externally as to why that door shut. Now, I still did some, you know, traveling here and there, uh, not a whole lot, but we, we moved from one city to another city. And in that process, it was, uh, was God-orchestrated as I embarked on this five-year journey of uh, just going through a very difficult time. We went from uh, being a big fish in a big pond where we were previously at a church and serving as uh, uh, on staff as volunteer young adult pastors. I was traveling. I was doing some amazing contract work with different uh, firms. And uh, when we moved to New City, we didn't know anybody. Uh, we were plugged into a sm smaller church that uh, was not my preference in terms of the type of church. Uh, we had no social network. 
I, uh, because I'm unable to drive, I didn't have anyone to rely on to get around. And so it's just for the very dark season uh, in terms of just discouragement and depression. And in the midst of that, as I was turning 40, I, uh, I uh, felt the Lord put in my heart to do a 40-day fast. And as I'm seeking God about two weeks and I'm in my office pounding the floor of my office in frustration, because let's be honest, I wasn't even anywhere near age of 40 where I thought I would be at 30. And another decade had passed. And here I was, I didn't really want to be a consultant in leadership development. I had a small uh, Christian publishing company I'd start on the side. And I, I didn't really want that. It just, it just not, it wasn't the desire in my heart. I was trying to do the best I could and obedient to the Lord. But I was just pounding, pounding the tile in my office, crying out to God. I remember in that moment, I was having these, uh, these thoughts just uh, circulate my mind that I'd be better off dead than to continue wasting my life. And I, I knew that in that moment, I recognized that as the uh, a demonic, uh, diabolical voice. And I took that thing, I thought, this got thought, took authority over that thought, took it captive. But I, in that moment, just began to cry out to God for mercy. And I realized that. I could not do this thing in my own strength. I could not walk out the calling that the Father had for me in my own ability. I couldn't do it. I could not do it. Just as I had the revelation uh, in terms of my struggle with lust and pornography and you know, years before, I, I, I realized it wasn't just that little battle that I couldn't do on my own. It was the entirety of my walk with Christ and my, my calling and the, the calling that the Father had on my life. I could not do it in my own strength. And the point was, in that moment was, I couldn't even surrender everything that needed to be surrendered to him unless he enabled me by the Spirit of God. I should begin to cry out to God, saying, Father, I cannot surrender this to you unless you enable me right now. And there was a place in my heart that I cried out to him that I never cried out to him from before. And in that moment, in the mercy and the goodness and the kindness of the Father, he enabled me to surrender everything, everything. And I, I, I refer to it as the day that Brian Francis Hume died. And he allowed me in that moment to surrender two things, my need to be successful and my need to be significant. And I refer to that meaning my need to be seen I need to be heard. There were two primary things that caused me to be a person of ambition that was unchecked by the Lord. And so that moment was absolutely pivotal. And 
I was able because he enabled me when I had the revelation that I could not do it. He enabled me to surrender it once I asked him to help me to surrender the very thing I need to surrender. So fast forward. The rest of that 40-day uh, fast, whether you're doing a 10-day fast or, or a 21-day or 40-day, uh, most of the time, 99% is blah. <laughs> you know, you're just exhausted. You're tired. You're a little cranky. And so... Um, and so the rest of the fast would deploy. I did not have, I, my, my emotions were just uh, uh, embedded within the fatigue of my physical uh, body. But something happened on November 7, 2014, on the 41st day. That morning when I broke the fast, uh, it was almost like the sky was bluer, the grass was greener. And I'm telling you, by the Spirit of God, the Lord burned in me the revelation of the Father's pleasure in me as a son. And that forever changed me. And from that day on to this point, I've been burning, burning with the revelation of the Father's love in me as a son. And that's all I want to be is a son. That that cries out to him to know his heart. And so in this place that I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection becoming like him in his, I'm sorry, I keep messing that up. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and sharing the fellowship of his suffering, becoming like him in his death. So we have here, as I mentioned I refer to it the day that Brian Francis Hume died. And, and I don't have time to go into the, the detail of the next story, but uh, had a, a divine appointment on an airplane with a prophet uh, out of Kansas City that I had multiple dreams about. He, he looks at me and says, November 7, 2014. And I knew immediately what he was talking about. He said, it's not the day that you died. He said, it's the day that you became fully alive. And so it's not about the fact that I, in that past, I, that Brian Francis Hume died. That's just the beginning point. It's the fact that I became fully alive through the resurrection power of Christ. And so, so we fellowship, we share in the fellowship of Christ's sufferings through things that we go through and we identify with Christ and his sufferings in that process as we are going on the scenic route of life. God takes us off the fast track and he detours us and he goes along this journey and we encounter the crucified Christ. And we come to the reality of the Galatians 2.20. I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but the life I live, I live by faith in the Son of God who gave his life up for me. So we, we, we have that revelation as we gaze upon the face of Christ. But yet it does not end there. There is resurrection power that enables us to experience the fullness of the Father's pleasure in us as his created sons and daughters 
who are fully alive in him. In closing, keep in mind when in uh, Genesis 2-7, when God fashioned Adam out of the dust of the ground, he breathed upon him and it says that he became a living being. There's one particular uh, translation that might be more, better categorized at paraphrase. It says he became fully alive. And I, I like that. He became fully alive. And yet in that moment when Adam became fully alive before him, his very first, uh, as he opened his eyes, the very first thing he saw, he beheld the face of God. And I believe that's the beginning. That's where God, the resurrection power of God enables us to come fully alive, that we may behold him in his fullness. And that's what I want to bring us back to, because I want each one of us to respond today to the Lord, to recommit your heart, even if it means getting off the fast track and taking a little detour with the Lord on a scenic route so that you may behold him and his all this goodness and that you may encounter his heart for you and allow him to do some deep work in your heart to bring you to that place of surrender unto him. So what is it in your heart this morning? I would be amiss if I didn't ask you, what is the Father putting his finger on in your own heart, asking you to surrender? Is it your need to be successful? Is it your need to be seen? Is it your need to be significant? Is it your need to be heard? Maybe you have other specific uh, drivers that motivate you that the Lord is putting his finger on. Are you willing to cry out to him, to ask him to enable you to lay those things down before him? Thank you for joining Joshua Nations on this episode of the Inheritance Podcast. For more information about the ministry of Joshua Nations, please go to www.joshuanations.org. To join our prayer movement, please go to prayer.joshuanations.org. We hope you will join us for the next episode of the Joshua Nations Inheritance Podcast. May God bless you.